Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're in the series Faith, Hope, and Love. And, uh, and, and uh, Pastor Ben sent me a text and he kind of uh, gave me a little jab and he said, you know, I, I, I picked you for faith on purpose. You know, give me a little wink. And uh, I, he did that because there's, there's kind of this joke that uh, between the two of us that I'm definitely, you know, grew up more of the, the, the practical one. Is, there, is anyone else in the room like that? I mean, I, I love Excel spreadsheets and, and, and plans, and, you know, I, I'm not one to, to take that leap of faith, right? You know, the, the Indiana Jones, like, just step, right? Like, that's not me. Nope, won't do it. And so, so Pastor Ben, he, his faith and my faith look a lot different. And how many of you know that's okay? Yeah. I, I'm really grateful to have a pastor that... Uh, that that allows me to be me and be the version of me that God wants me to be. And he doesn't make me try to look like him. And so I'm grateful to be in a church that, that, that values diversity, not just culturally and, and skin color, but, but, but even different beliefs and different theologies and even you know, different forms of expression in your faith. And so I'm so excited to be part of this church and be able to share with you some of the things I've learned as far as what it looks like to, to, to be a man of God and to, to live a life of faith, and, and again, your faith may look different than mine, and that's okay. And so as we talk about faith today, I encourage you to, to apply this to yourself, uh, and I'm excited for you. Today, our verse that we're talking about our series is Faith, Hope, and Love, and that it comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 13, which reads, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So, of course, Ben will take love later, but I got faith, and it is a good one. You guys are really going to enjoy this. I want to talk to you a little bit about what is faith. I know for me, because I always felt like, oh, I'm, I'm too practical, or I'm too, uh, you know, pragmatic. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big faith guy, and, and I struggle with that with my identity. I remember when we first started uh, helping at Canvas, uh, I, I actually requested to, to Pastor Katie and some others, was like, hey, I don't ever want to do pre-service prayer to, like, lead prayer. I don't want to do that. Don't ever schedule me for that. Because I was very insecure in myself. Hello, hello. Good? Sort of? Getting there? All right, cool. So I was really insecure in myself as a man of God, thinking like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a faith guy, so you know, I need to kind of step back and let other people do the faith thing and pray and, and have the mic and that sort of thing. And over the years, I've learned, and, and we talked about this over the men's retreat, that, that a lot of what we live out is, is a process. Right, and so I've learned over years what it means to have faith, and what is faith. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what faith is and how it works. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about how we, uh, what are the benefits of faith? Why do we want faith? When the Bible says to 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 live a life of faith, uh, why do we do that? Why, why why would I want to live a life of faith? I don't understand that. So we'll talk about some of the benefits. And then lastly, I want to I want to really linger on how do we grow our faith if we believe that it is. Uh, right to live by faith and to have faith, how do we grow it? And so we're going to talk about those things here together. Uh, but let me go ahead and pray for, uh, pray for this message. Lord, thank you so much, God, for the way you've led the way. God, for all the things you've done and all the things you'll continue to do. And uh, Lord, I pray that you will give uh, everyone here, Lord, the right word for them. I pray that you would anoint their ears, anoint their hearts, Lord, and anoint my words God, so that your spirit flows through this place. 
And it would not be as much about me, Lord, as about what you want to do in the hearts of these people. And they would walk away saying, not Pastor Brandon gave a great message, but they would say, the Lord spoke to my heart. So I pray that today, God, you would move through my words, not because I'm so good, but because you're so good and you're powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you could turn down the uh, mic here, or the speaker here, that'd be great. Just a little bit. So I want to tell you a quick story. My, uh, my, my wife insisted I tell the story. She wants to embarrass me. But um, it was about, uh, I took on a new role at work and, uh, and, and at the beginning of the year. And so for months now, I've had a really hard time kind of getting traction with, with getting, uh, getting in shape and working out. How, have you all been, ever been there before? No, just me? Okay, maybe just me. That's cool. Hey. Oh, I like backup music. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but to be honest, I actually, I played college football and for a Division three school, and at some point in my life, I was in pretty good shape. I mean, I you know, had bigger muscles, and I was fit, and man, I could run forever, and I felt invincible. But, you know, how many of you know sometimes you hit your 30s? It happens. And now, like 14 years later, I'm like, gosh, I've been on the wagon, off the wagon, and really for 14 years, it's like, I've worked out for like six months and then been nothing for six months, and... You know, it's just like the on the off thing, and, and you know, we've all been there. So I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I, I really need to get in shape. And, uh, and, and, you know, my old routine from before I took this position, this is not working. I need to get a new routine. And so uh, I, I started looking at a couple different gyms, and, and this one had, uh, you know, it was like a boot camp sort of thing, right? And uh, they had these pictures of, like, the befores and afters of people that had been through their boot camp. I'm like, oh, cool, like, it looks like this stuff works. I'm just going to do it. And so I go in for their assessment. And uh, it, it, this is an assessment. And they said, like, you know, bring, you know, workout gear. I'm like, okay, cool. So I come in. I'm like, oh, let's do an assessment. You know, I'll do some push-ups, whatever. Honestly, it, I, I really was pretty shocked because it was like, you know, do a certain number of push-ups, do some sit-ups, you know, do some squats, go run a mile, you know, and, and do some curls. It was like basic stuff, like five or six things, and then that was it. But I almost died. <laughs> it. I, I was shocked at how, like, I, I mean, I'm thinking back to where I was when I was in college, and man, I used to do all sorts of stuff, but this little, like, five exercise thing, I swear, almost killed me. Like, by the end of it, you know, my numbers weren't terrible, but, but you know, by all means, I, I, I really, like, I thought I was going to die. You know, she gets done, and she's, like, talking about the numbers, I'm like, <sighs> okay, uh, was that good? No? Okay. And, and literally, I went to go take a shower and I felt so sick that there was like the shower, it's, you know, like five by five and whatever. And I laid down on the floor in the shower. Just, <laughs> I couldn't stand. I felt so sick. And like my body like went into shock. I was literally laying on this floor. I couldn't even like stretch out straight because it was so small. But I just laid on the floor in a ball. And like I was so embarrassed. But yeah, it was terrible. And, and, and what I realized is that, 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 that faith is like a muscle. Faith is like a muscle, and, and, and whether if you use it, you can grow it stronger, or if you don't use it, it can atrophy, and, and I found that my body was in a state of atrophy a little bit, and I decided that, you know, after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the before pictures because I need to, and they will never be on social media, by the way, but, but I took some before pictures, and as I look at the pictures, I'm like, oh, man, that, I'm borderline dad bod right there. How many, how many of y'all dads know what I'm talking about? A little dad bod action? Come on. <laughs> Get some amens on that one. And so, I, I'm, you know, and then, so, so I took these pictures, and, and the next day was leg day. Dear God, help me. 
we did like five laps of lunges around the building. That was it. It was just like an hour of lunges. And, and suffice it to say, I mean, I didn't finish. But for the, next, for the next like five days, I couldn't even walk straight. I mean, stairs were like the devil. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, my wife, she'll attest. I mean, I got out of bed and just, just, <laughs> it was bad. It was painful. And, and so, but the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 4.8, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is value, has value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so I want to talk to you today about, about faith and, and that it is like a muscle. And, and really, if you begin to exercise your faith, you will begin to grow your faith. It is something that you don't have to stay in the state you're in, physically and spiritually. You don't have to stay in the state you're in. Faith is like a muscle. Second Thessalonians says that uh, we ought to uh, always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. Paul was praising this church because their faith was growing. I want to encourage you today that your faith can grow. But what is faith? Let's talk about that for a moment. The definition of faith is that faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. We, we, confident, we use this word faith a lot, but I, I want to just, if for this message and, and maybe just ongoing, consider flipping that word if you're not, you know, born and raised in church, there's a lot of words we use that, what does that mean? And so if you're not sure, like faith, that's a scary word. S say trust. Say trust. Use the word trust. And, and as we go through this, you'll see that they are, they are so intertwined to trust and have confidence in God. So people put trust in a lot of things. Some things are really good. Now I can have complete faith in my spouse. I can, I can have confidence in, in, in my job, in the security, the economy. We can put our faith and trust in a lot of things, some good, some bad, but nothing, nothing will ever live up to the level of trust that it needs to accept God. My wife will let me down. I've let her down plenty of times. The economy will never be there for you 100%. You could have the best president in the world. We probably won't, but you can. You can, and it doesn't matter because that person is imperfect. No matter how fit you are, you, you can't have complete trust that your perfect health is going to save you. There's only one thing we can really trust, and that's God. There's only one thing we can really firmly trust in, and that's God. No matter what it is, your hard work, your perseverance, the economy, uh, faith in God is the only thing that, that adds true value for your life for eternity. So, why is it important to have faith when the Bible says to live by faith? Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's heavy. I didn't say it. I won't apologize for it. The Bible says it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. With faith, we please God, and he does reward us. And I believe that is in this life and in the life to come. When we live a life of faith, there's reward there. I, I know that we often as Christians, especially in America, I don't know, maybe it's other places too, but we fall in this trap of trying to please God and obey him in order to please him, to follow all the rules and I'll make God happy. But that's not how God works. He gives us standards so that we could be blessed. He gives us guidance so that we could have peace. He wants our best in mind and so as he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Luke 6.46 says, 
and this is Jesus speaking, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? I'll show you what someone's like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. Now, if Jesus tells you to do something, you do it, would you say that you trust him? Absolutely. So if you do that, he is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. On the what? When the flood came, the river crashed against that house. It could not shake it because it was well built on the rock, Jesus, and on what he said to do. Amen? When you trust God, you obey him, you follow him, it's not in order to please him. It's because he's already pleased with you that he told you how to live. And when you do that, when you trust him, your life is unshakable. Your spirit is unshakable. Nothing can faze you. I want you to know that a life of faith, I got caught in the trap years ago that if I become a Christian and if I follow the rules, I'm going to make God happy and everything will go my way. And then I live life for a couple months and I realize that doesn't work. When you get caught in that trap, you feel entitled. And guess what? When things don't go your way, like, God, what's up with this? I tried this Christianity thing. It's garbage. I didn't get my way. I'm supposed to be blessed. What is this? The economy is moving. Life's changing. My wife isn't submitting to me. What is the deal here, God? And I got angry at God. And it led me to a dark place. But I want you to know that a life of faith assumes that you're going to have waves. You're going to have storms. You're going to have challenges in this life. And faith is not meant so that you can avoid all those. It's meant that you can stand firm on the rock Jesus and persevere through all the challenges. That's what faith allows you to do is stand firm and allow those things to shape you and mold you into the man or woman of God you're meant to be. So who here would like some more faith in their life? If you do, give me an amen. amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Give me an amen. amen. Come on, let's talk about how to grow your faith. Just like a muscle. Number one. Work it. Number one, work it. Work that muscle. Work that faith muscle. And, and this is important to know because some of y'all may be like me. We're like, hey, I don't have any faith. I, I'm, I'm not a, a faith guy or a faith gal. That's not me. Romans 12, 3 says, God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Even, even a, a, a newborn baby has some muscle. Not a lot, but it's got some muscle. So you've got some faith. When Jesus talks about a mustard seed of faith, every one of us has a little bit of faith, just a little bit. And you don't get from, from an infant to, to the rock Dwayne Johnson overnight, right? How many of you know I'm talking about the rock? I'll be there one day, right, babe? You don't go from an infant to the rock overnight. But what do they do? They, 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 they reach. They grasp. They practice. They grow. They mature. And one day you can get to a level of fitness you never dreamed of. But it's a process. So what do you have? What is it you believe? What is it you can trust in, in God to say, I can exercise that. I can begin to move that faith muscle just a little bit. Someone told me the other day after the, after the retreat, how many men got a little sore after the retreat? Oh, yeah, we got some hands up. There you go. Okay. Someone was like, man, I don't know how there's a sore right behind my knee. I didn't even know there was a muscle there, but, but it's sore right here. <laughs> I 
I, we, we played football, and man, my, my, all my hip flexors are sore. Man, those, like, running, I haven't worked those in a while. Man, work what you got. Work what you got. Whatever you got, work it. And it may not look the same as someone else, but it's all a journey. When my wife went to the gym, she, she's going to this Muay Thai kickboxing gym. Like, I'm afraid for my life now because I don't want to make her mad. But she's, going to, she's, she's training with some elite fighters, like world-class fighters. And she, she, if she says, every time I go in there, I'm nervous because she goes in. She's like, I know that I'm the rookie. I know I'm the one that, that doesn't know much, and all these other people know so much more than me. But you know what? She shows up. She shows up. She does what she can. And so in church, you may not be the Rock Dwayne Johnson, Pastor Ben Brinkman. You may not be him. But guess what? What do you have to work? No one's going to judge you for being on, on the more infantile stages of your development. That's why we're here as the church. That's why you're here. When you hang out with fit people, you're going to get fit. You're going to start working like them. You're going to start believing like them. So, so what do you have to work? This is the place to work it, just to, t- to take whatever you believe and start practicing it. You know, I, I don't know if I can lay hands on the sick and heal them yet, but, you know, the Bible says to love my wife. Maybe I, maybe I could take that step. Maybe I, maybe I could serve my wife. It, don't, don't overcomplicate this. Pastor Steve, just yesterday, he preached a message that was fantastic. And one little piece, I loved it. He said that, in my family, I take out the garbage. And he said, that's part of my ministry to my family, is that I take out the garbage. I'm reliable. I take it out. That's my job. And I serve my family by taking out the garbage. Some of y'all think, well, to do ministry, i got to wear this crazy sign and stand on the street corner and do street evangelism. No, you don't. Just serve your family. For some of you, that's exercising your faith muscle. I'm not going to swear my wife this week. If that's your faith step, then do it. What is the practical thing you can do to exercise some faith? It doesn't have to be super spiritual. Whatever it is you believe in, whatever God's telling you, begin to work that. Someone this weekend said, you know what? I'm going to tithe for the first time. I've never done it before. I'm going to do it. Hey, we're working out. That's a step. That's awesome. Someone says, you know what? I'm going to start showing up to church more regularly. Cool. That's it. That's your step. If someone this week says, you know what? I'm going to swear just a little bit less. I'm not going to cut it all out. I'm just going to cut it a little bit. Hey, that's a step. Whatever you got to work, work it. Whatever you got to work, work it. Because when someone tells you that you got to go from infant to Dwayne Johnson overnight, run away from them, forget them. Man, let someone else go through a process because you went through one. Whatever you got, work it. When some new person's in the gym, I'm not saying, oh, look at them. They're so out of shape. Because guess what? I'm the new person at the gym. I hope no one's making fun of me. Whatever you got, work it. James 1 says that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith produces patience. Now, testing, again, it's not like a written test, right? We're not going to give you a quiz on the Bible, okay? But the, the testing means like the challenge, the challenge, when something challenges your faith, when you go through a hard time, when you go through a challenge, and it's, and again, faith meaning trust. So think about that, the testing of your faith. That means when you go through challenges in life that, that really make you question my trust in God. I went through a challenge this week where at work, I realized that I missed out on a lot of money at work. I made a mistake, and I missed out on a lot of money, and it tested me. Okay, God, do I trust you as my provider? Do I trust you? It tested, it, 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 it challenged my faith because I felt uh, this little pang, like, oh, I missed out on some money. God, do I trust you to be my provider? 
And, 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 it, and I had to test, I had to go to God with that and exercise that faith muscle that, yeah, you know what, I believe that God's my provider, and I'm not worried about that. I can learn from my mistakes, but he's my provider. And so I'm going to trust him, and I don't care what happens, because I know that I can continue to exercise, continue getting stronger, and I don't have to worry about being uh, a victim to life. Amen? Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. What's the next step that you can take in your faith? Number two for how to grow your faith, feed it. Everybody say, feed it. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Faith comes by hearing. When you're exercising your muscles, what are you feeding your body? I took those initial pictures, and after 30 days, all right, I'm going to go test the results. Let's take the 30-day pictures. And I remember looking at the pictures of the gym and seeing the befores and afters, and I looked at my befores and afters, and I was like, how come mine don't look like theirs? I got a little results, okay, give me a break. But maybe not as much as I wanted. And I was talking to my wife, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna have to eat a little bit better. <laughs> Men, we failed at that, didn't we? This weekend, <laughs> man, we ate pretty good. I don't mean good like healthy. I just mean we ate good, you know? Right, Pastor Tom? Right, what? No? All right. It was, yeah, it was bad. But I realized that if I really want to get fit, it can't just be about me exercising because that's good. But if you want to be an elite spiritual athlete, it's about what you feed yourself. Because in your physical body, you can work out and you can, you can build a little bit of muscle. But, man, if you are filling your body with toxins... And if you are putting food in your body that makes you fat, a little bit of muscle doesn't, doesn't help a lot. When, when you are feeding uh, things in your body that, that, that break down the muscle, th- things that, that take away the energy from muscle building to fighting off toxins and disease. If, I, if I'm working out on one end, but I'm, but I'm eating a bunch of carcinogens on the other, and I'm getting cancer in my body that may look fit, but I'm dying on the inside, does not matter? What are you feeding yourself spiritually? What are you feeding yourself spiritually? This is, this is critical to your success in your spiritual faith. The Bible says whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about those things. What is your mind focused on? We will spend hours looking at ESPN and there's nothing morally wrong with ESPN, but guess what? How much time are we spending building our faith? We all spend hours on social media, and we walk away saying, I wish my life looked like this person. Does that feed your spirit? Does that feed your faith? What are you feeding yourself? What is the, the, the media you're putting in your body, the movies, the music? Now, I'm not telling you from a religious perspective that, oh, you got to watch G movies, or you're a sinner, okay? You're grown men and women. You can decide what you watch. But when you walk away, are you full, more full of faith? Or do you feel corrupted and, and, and dirty and, and, and fearful? What, what is it that, that you walk away with? We need to have some self-awareness on what, they, what impact things have on us. What are you feeding yourself? There's this thing called space repetition. I can promise you that if you read the Bible one time, can I, can I be honest with you, it's not enough. If I tell my wife one time at the altar, babe, I love you, 
And I don't ever need to tell you again because I told you once, I told you a million times, that's it. You only need to get it one time, that's it. I think that marriage is going to go. It's not enough. It's not enough for you to hear one time. It's not enough for you to hear about God's ways one time. Well, I heard that, you know, that Jesus loves me, but he's my provider. I heard it once, but, but, but if we don't hear it over and over again, we forget because we're feeding ourselves something else over and over again. I ate healthy one day, and then the other 30 days out of the month, I didn't. So I'm going to be healthy, right? No, you're not. It's got to be a lifestyle of feeding yourself. It's got to be a lifestyle of, of giving yourself spiritual nourishment. It can't just be a one-time thing. What do you feed yourself? What do you feed yourself? We could talk about entertainment. We could talk about, and I could go on this forever, the, the, the fun versus the fruitful. The fun versus the fruitful. I'm not saying any of these things. Entertainment's great. I love entertainment. I, I mean, I love sports. I mean, those things are great. But, but you can't deprive your spiritual nourishment. And you've got to be discerning on what things will actually do damage. There's some things you can eat that don't do good. They don't do bad. They just is, right? You just eat it. And it, there's things that actually do damage to your body, especially when you consume them over and over and over again, begin to wear on your, on your spiritual health. And so entertainment, the, the fun versus the fruitful. But can I, can I be honest, guys? How about relationships? Ooh, that could be hard, right? There's people you hang out with that might be a lot of fun, but how does it leave you spiritually? How do those friends leave you spiritually? No, 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 listen. I'm not talking about when Jesus hung out with the sinners. I, I hang out with people that are not saved, and I love that because it is fruitful. Because it's fruitful that I'm pouring out God's love on them and showing them the love of Jesus. I'm talking about people in the church. Can I, can I go there for a minute? Can I go there for a minute and talk about people in the church you hang out with, people that say, I'm a Christian, but you walk away and you don't feel more built up. You, you, feel, you, feel, more, you feel more let down, more discouraged. You feel, you feel you, when, when they're talking to you about someone else and, and gossiping, man, that is not building you up. That is not building up that other person. Man, I've, I've heard stories recently, if I could be honest, I, I hate to say this, but I've heard stories recently about some gossip and some slander, and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, and, and, and I would encourage you. I'm not saying it was any of you. It was that, in fact, it was none of you. But if you hear someone else gossiping, when, it, when it's the media feeding you, man, you can turn the radio station. You can, you can hit pause or stop on that movie. But what, what happens when it's your best friend? What happens when it's your best friend talking about someone that you know and planting seeds of negativity in your head against someone else? Can you stop that conversation? That may be your step of faith, is to decide what goes into your mind, what to decide what goes into your spiritual body, and say, you know what, I don't believe that. I believe this person probably had their best intentions, and if you have a problem with them, I think you should talk to them. Can, can you stop that conversation and not allow that to happen? Don't let the, the, the people of our church tear each other apart with gossip and slander. If you have a problem with someone, go to that person. I'll never forget when, when I offended Bert. This was years ago now. <laughs> when, we, when we didn't know each other quite as well, and I offended him, and rightfully so. I put my foot in my mouth. I do it all the time. It happens. I'm over it now. My wife's not over it, but I'm over it. But he came to me. He said, hey, Brandon, let's go out to lunch. And we went out to lunch, and he explained what I said and how it offended him. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize I did that. Will you please forgive me? 
He could have gone to someone else and said, oh, Brandon, he's such a punk, and man, he's such a jerk, and this is what he said to me. He could have done that. But that's why today he's a leader of men. Because he's a man of virtue, and he isn't slandered. He doesn't talk about other people. Sometimes in ministry, he'll talk about, man, this, this person was, was, was so great to see what, what God did in their life. And, and I want to hear more details. I don't want to share. It's not, it's not mine to share. It, it, he's respectful of other people. What, Pastor Mel, she said it to, about, about Pastor Ben and Katie the other day that, man, I, we, we've been around them for over a decade now. Never heard them say a bad word about each other. And we know them pretty inside and out, I'd say. But, but how do we talk about each other? And can you decide what you hear, what you listen to, what you don't listen to? Will you accept the words that are spoken to you or you, will you confront them? Sometimes gently, sometimes harshly, it depends on who you're talking to. There was a, a gentleman at the gym who was, uh, who was not, not, not a Christian, and uh, he was, got engaged, and, and uh, I was congratulating him. And then uh, he, he came up to me because I was wearing a, I wear a, a silicone rubber ring in the gym. He goes, oh, I see you're tied down too. Oh, uh, I don't look at that way, but yes, I am married. <laughs> I, I'm not going to accept that because I don't want to encourage him to look at his marriage that way. So I'm not going to let that feed me. Oh, yeah, the old bone chain, you know. <laughs> no. No, I told him, I said, you know what? I, I don't look at it that way, but yeah, I'm married. I've been married for 12 years, got three kids. We got more coming. Not from this country, but from another one, probably. But. But I told him, and I didn't want to condemn him. I don't want to make him feel bad. But I was like, you know what, dude? I, uh, marriage, honestly, it's awesome. If you do it right, if you, if you can allow it to grow you, marriage can be an amazing thing. And he's like, oh. I'm not going to beat him over the head and be like, hey, you're a sinner, and God made marriage, and you should do it. No. Hey, if you want to talk about it, let me know. I'll, I'd love to share with you about my story of marriage and how mine's gone. I mean, just love people. But don't, don't allow the negativity to infiltrate your mind for someone else in the church, for someone else and how you look at your kids, how you look at your spouse. D don't let that negativity creep in. Make a decision on what you feed yourself. Amen? I know I lingered there for a while. I'm probably running long, but, but they gave me the mic, so I can do whatever I want. You know? <laughs> Lastly, number three, talking about building some spiritual muscle, some faith muscle. Stretch it. Stretch it. In, uh, in, in, in when you're, uh, we're talking about my hip flexors, right? I'm like, ooh, gotta stretch that out, you know? <laughs> when you're building some muscle over this last 30 days, man, I'm sore. We got some dudes with some soreness. Man, it helps to stretch that thing out. Because what happens is if you work out over time and you start building actual muscle, you start building your faith muscle, it can actually get kind of restricted kind of tight, and, and sometimes you see these men that are like, you know, big bodybuilders, and they walk around like this, <laughs> the gym is that way, but they're limited on their range of motion, like they look good as far as like lifting, lifting weights, and they're strong, but man, you put them on a basketball court, and <laughs> you just laugh, hey buddy, go try to climb a tree, I want to watch, <laughs> Because they don't have the ability to use their strength. They, they can apply it to this, but in a real-life application, it doesn't work anymore. And so when you stretch your faith, you can begin to apply it to different areas of your life. 
You can begin to, 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 to apply it to areas. Because in church on Sundays, man, I got strong faith on Sundays. How about on Monday at work? Do you have strong faith there? I honor my pastor. Do you honor your boss? Stretch it out. Stretch out that faith. Get out of your comfort zone. In Matthew chapter 14, we hear about Peter walking on water. Man, Peter was a fisherman. Peter was a fisherman. He knew the Sea of Galilee. He knew that boat. He knew it was like to be on a boat. He knew it was like to be on a boat in a storm. But if you read that story, he saw Jesus, and he said, if that's you, call me out onto the water. And he stepped out of what he knew into what he doesn't know, walking on water with Jesus. And guess what? He didn't do it perfectly, but done is better than perfect. Amen? I mean, don't tell it to Pastor Ben. He likes excellence. I say done is better than perfect. <laughs> if it's done, I feel good about it. He wants it excellent, so, you know, we had to compromise sometimes, you know. That's why he's not here. <laughs> he didn't want to watch me preach. <laughs> but Peter stepped out of what he knew, what was comfortable in this boat. I've been on this boat for years. And he stepped out onto what he didn't know. How can you begin to, because you think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm strong. I'm strong in my faith. Well, what areas aren't you strong? Because you can be really strong when you're greeted at the door maybe and be like, hey, welcome to church. But then you go home and you're like yelling at your wife. How can you apply your faith to a different area of your life? Don't skip leg day, right, guys? Some of y'all that work out, you know what I'm talking about. You see those dudes that are like ripped and buff? And then it's like always like top up, right? They got like the abs. But then like if you get the full body picture, you got like the chicken legs. Because leg day is tough. Exercising your faith on Sunday can be really easy sometimes. Don't skip leg day. Man, do the hard work. Start applying it at your job. Start applying it in your family. Start applying it to your career. Start applying it to a different ministry you've never been in before. Get out of your comfort zone. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't, sometimes the discomfort is thrust upon you. If you're not willing to stretch yourself, something else stretches you and now you got an injury. Ah. I can preach down here and it's really comfortable, but what happens when I come up here? Oh, wow, this is super uncomfortable. I can see you all. See, you all didn't know you are going to be in front row seat, did you? Did you know that? Is this uncomfortable? See, but now I can, like, yell, like, right at you, and I can, like, spit on you and stuff. Because you didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up for this. You didn't sit up there. You want to sit back here, and now it's, now it's uncomfortable because I'm looking right at you. Right, Chris? Yeah? Is this uncomfortable? Sometimes the discomfort is thrust upon you because you can ask for a front row seat. But sometimes life will get you out of your comfort zone. And if you're not used to being uncomfortable, guess what? Life's going to be tough. Oh, hi. Get used to being uncomfortable because God wants to stretch you so that your faith can go to greater places than you ever fathomed. Allow yourself to get uncomfortable and apply your faith to new areas of life because guess what? It's really easy to come on a Sunday and say that I, I'm full of faith and, and I'm a Christian, but it's hard on a Monday morning when you show up to work. 
And so I encourage you to stretch your faith. Get out of your comfort zone. And what does that look like for you? I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what it looks like. But what does it look like for you to exercise your faith in a new area you've never done before? For that man at the, the retreat who, who tithed for the first time. Ooh, man, that's a new area of life. Haven't been there yet. But I'm excited about the growth that's going to come to that man of God. I'm excited about how God is going to begin to let that creep into other areas of his life. When we feel like there's certain areas of our life that we're off limits, will you allow God into that area of your life? For those deep, dark secrets and addictions, will you allow God to come in and do a work there so that you can be well-rounded and fit? The test of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. You may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. If you allow God to work on every area of your life and begin to stretch yourself, you will lack nothing in this life. And so I, 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 I encourage you to, to trust Jesus, whatever he's telling you to do. To work what faith you have. To nourish the faith you have. And to stretch it into new areas of your life. Into new practical ways. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.